Welcome to the Main Street to the World podcast, your passport to boundless travel inspiration and adventure. Brought to you by Coasters and Castles Travel, our podcast takes you on an exhilarating journey through a world of destinations and experiences. From the enchantment of Disney destinations and the thrills of Universal Studios parks and resorts, to the elegance of luxury travel and the tranquility of all-inclusive beach resorts. We delve into the diverse realms of travel. Join us as we explore the globe, sharing insights on theme park vacations, cruising, destination weddings, family travel, special needs travel, and so much more. Let your wanderlust be ignited and your horizons expanded as we unlock the treasures of travel together. And the hosts of the podcast are... Hi everyone, I'm April. I'm one of the owners of Coasters and Castles Travel and I love talking with you every week to tell you about our travel experiences and our opinions and recommendations. And I'm the proud mom of two kids that uh, love to travel with me. And hey everybody, I'm Whitney Maddox. Um, I have been a travel advisor with Coasters and Castles for seven years now. And um, I'm a homeschooling mom of two girls, so I always love to incorporate all that when we are in our travels. And we try to get down to Disney and other places every few months here and uh, keep all the good content coming to you so we can keep you updated on everything going on. And I'm Lynn. I'm the other owner of Coasts and Castles Travel. And I'm uh, kind of taking over the travel bug from my dad. My dad loved to travel. And never expected to be doing this in my life but this is where my path has has brought me we are you know exploring the world at this point now we started with areas we knew and checking out new destinations all the time and and happy to share that with welcome back to the main street to the world podcast we do want to thank you again for those likes shares and subscriptions so it's April Whitney and myself today, and we are excited to switch things up a little bit. And we are going to talk about a cruise line that we have not talked about before. Uh, we're going to talk about MSC Cruises. April and I had the opportunity to sail with them last week aboard the MSC Davina, and uh, we want to share our experience. Um, so I guess we should probably start off with what the current COVID protocols are for boarding um so april would you like to expound on that sure so in order to get on board we did have to get a covid test and have negative results within two days of boarding it could have been an antigen or pcr test and and one fact is you do have to watch because it looks like test results are taking longer um I know one place we went to said that the antigen test results would be in within, um, should be within 24 hours. Mine took longer. PCR tests could take four days. And that's kind of interesting because many places are saying like PCRs have to be within two or three days. And I'm not sure the complete workaround other than doing like a rapid PCR test um, for places that are requiring PCR tests sooner than that. But anyway, so we did get our negative test. We started in Orlando and then we were actually departing from Port of Miami. So when we were in Orlando, we went and we got our COVID tests. Um, And there they did do antigen and PCR. Um, And the testing location 
right on Disney property has reopened. So if you're in that area, that is a good location. Um, you did have to make an appointment though. And by that evening, Lynn had gotten her antigen result, but I didn't get mine. So I actually made another appointment for Sunday morning, which was our embarkation day to get another COVID test just in case. And it turned out that I did actually need it because I was able to get an appointment down in Miami and I got my antigen results within 20 minutes. So it really depends on where you're going. And we had to have that in order to get on the ship. So that was really important because my antigen test from the day before didn't show up until the following day. So it took excessively uh, longer than what they said it would be. But anyway, so you did have to have the negative result to get um, to check in for the ship. But once we got in, you had to show them your vaccination card. You do have to be fully vaccinated. Um, they're not requiring boosters at this time as of the day of our recording. That could change, but you do have to be vaccinated um, with either the two vaccines or um, the single Johnson & Johnson. But then they did do a COVID test at the port as well. So I had three COVID tests in a matter of about 24 hours. So I was definitely negative, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, so they did look at the negative result, but then they did a rapid test there. And then you went and sat in a separate area. So they kind of had people grouped by sections um, where you waited for your results. And then once you got your results, then you were able to go and check in for the ship. So it took, I don't know, maybe like 15, 20 minutes. It wasn't that much time. Um, our embarkation time, originally we had an embarkation time of like 10 or 1030, but then it changed to 1230. Um, so, you know, we got there a few minutes early and by the time we got on the ship, I want to say it was probably closer to like 130 when all was said and done. So, you know, we, um, we went, we checked in, they take a picture of you, they do your, um, your cruise card. And then you're really free to get on the ship. They give you information and, and you're right on board. So so even though we didn't know that there was going to be an additional test at the port, that is something. And there wasn't a charge. You know, they did the testing at the port at their expense. But they still are requiring that you do that one prior to going. Yes. Um, and we, we must have asked like that like 10 different ways to because the person we were asking didn't quite understand what we were saying. Mm-hmm. So it absolutely is required that you have one before going to the port and then you'll they'll take another one right then and there. So April literally had two of them within probably like an hour and a half. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I just got my negative result an hour ago. but So I wasn't too terribly worried about getting the additional one at the port because, uh, you know, there was probably very little likelihood that it could have come out positive at that point. So. I was very well tested. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and then, um, and just to, to quantify a little bit better on the, the vaccine requirements, um, children who are not approved by the CDC are able to board without a vaccine. So, but if they're approved by the CDC, they are required to have one. So I think it's ages five and above mm-hmm. that are required right now. So. Um, so if you have a young child, you can still bring them on board, um, with that. And then, uh, we were required to wear masks whenever we were not eating or in our stateroom. So even walking around the inside of the, 
the ship and outside of the ship, we had to have a mask on. Yes. Which I, was a little not fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're in the pool, you don't have to have it on. People were sunbathing without a mask on. Um, but if you were moving around, you had to have a mask on. So I have to say MSC was very, very diligent. And I think half, something has to be said is they were the first cruise line to reinstate sailing because they've been sailing since like June of 2020, um, where they started in the Mediterranean. And so I, I think this is one of the reasons that they were like on the ball, like whenever for breakfast, um, you got your temperature taken every day. So they're still doing that. They had sanitizer out. So anytime you went to any of the restaurants going into the theater, they were sanitizing stations all over the ship. You're um, disembarking the ship, embarking on the ship, sanitize, sanitize, sanitize. Um, so they were really diligent. They did have social distancing markers up. They had markers like in the elevator. And um, so they're really, really being very um, aware to try to keep everyone safe. And another thing is they did have some segregation between vaccinated and non-vaccinated guests. So that was a little interesting because in the theater, they are, there's two decks to the theater, deck six and deck seven. Deck six um, audience area was only for vaccinated guests. Non-vaccinated guests, so that would be the families with young children, would go to deck seven. In uh, the buffet, there was um, an area for vaccinated guests and for families non with that non-vaccinated guests. So they there was some segregation on board, and that was kind of interesting to see that. There weren't a lot of kids on board, but there definitely were, um, you know, maybe a couple handfuls of families with small children. I mean, overall, there wasn't that many people on board, so it was still a small percentage. And they also periodically would scan your, your cruise card for contact mm -hmm. tracing. Yep. So I had that done with me. Um, and actually outside the spa, they have a little um, um, stand with a, something that would scan your card for contact tracing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that they're using it a ton, but they did scan me once for, for contact tracing, which was interesting. So Yeah, I had it a couple of times. Um, they would scan you every time you went into the buffet. Um, and then in the casino, I had a girl that came around and would scan our cruise cards for contact tracing too. And then they did have a couple of stands up around the ship that you could scan and say, I'm here. And that was for contact tracing purposes too. Today's Main Streets of the World episode is proudly brought to you by Coasters and Castles Travel. Ready to bring your travel dreams to life? Look no further. Coasters and Castles Travel is your ultimate full-service agency, specializing in a wide range of travel experiences. From Disney destinations and Universal Studios parks and resorts, to cruises, ocean, river, expedition, and luxury. All-inclusive resort vacations, luxury escapes, European adventures, destination weddings, group travel, special needs travel, adult-only getaways, and of course, family adventures. Our team of expert travel advisors is here to craft the perfect journey for you. Whether you're seeking thrilling theme park experiences or luxurious cruises, 
every detail will be tailored to perfection. And if the world of travel planning beckons you, Coasters and Castles Travel is currently welcoming applications for travel advisors. For more details, explore www.travelcnc.com or reach out via email at info at travelcnc.com. Now let's dive back into the excitement. So, yeah, they're they're trying to be extra safe and... Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, the other thing we learned was because um, there was only about 500 passengers on board, and this ship usually accommodates about 4,000. Yeah. So it was a very empty ship, which is nice in some ways, but creepy in others. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it's like a ghost I mean, ship. You, know, you, um, you never were really in an area where you were crowded because there just weren't enough people to make that. So mm-hmm. now, is know, that it was nice. Are they not allowing the ships to be booked fully, or is it just? you know it just worked out it's both i think they're still i think they're still not booking the full ship but i think part of it is you know some of the fear that people are having and even like the cdc uh comments is a challenge so that can be you know that um but they do have their full complement of cat of crew members on board which is 1388 because i asked about that i asked if they had brought that down because there were so few passengers and they said, nope, they have them all on board because they're cleaning the ship every 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And honestly, we did see them constantly cleaning. Constantly. Like, the, the ship was spotless. It was a beautiful ship. Absolutely gorgeous ship. So many pretty, pretty areas. But it was clean. I mean, I don't think the rugs could have been vacuumed anymore. It was constant. <laughs> I mean, I I must have seen them cleaning rugs three or four times a day, the same rug. Yeah. You know, and they would go around, they were constantly sanitizing railings and any kind of tables. If you sat at a table, they would immediately come and clean it before someone else was allowed to sit there. At one point, I went to sit at one, they said, oh, no, ma'am, that's not clean. You can't sit there yet. Mm-hmm. Please sit over here. And I was like, okay. I, did, I didn't even know it wasn't cleaned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they are very conscientious. Um, at the buffet, you cannot take your own things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crew members will serve you whatever you like. Okay. So you just go up to them with your tray and they'll just put, give you, hand you a plate with whatever you want on it. Um, which honestly, that's no big deal either yeah, way. It's fine. I think the only difference is, is that sometimes they give you more food than you might want, which bothers me because it's a waste, but. Yeah, that was a definitely like they were very generous with their portions and there was so much food like we yeah. ate very well and often on board ship. And, you know, my favorite thing and I, I'm missing it. My daily bread pudding. They so had, bread had bread pudding at breakfast every day. Breakfast every and day. lunch. And so, yeah, yeah we had so good. Buffet every breakfast and lunch um, and had bread pudding every time. And they gave you a huge portion. And it was so good that it was tough to not finish that. Um, yeah. But, yep, no, I totally I've lost it. almost two pounds that I gained, so that's a good thing. <laughs> I gained about five pounds on air, less than I thought, which is good. But um, Yeah, we yeah, had a lot of desserts. Of we definitely had a lot of desserts. Well, uh, you know, they had some a lot of really good ones, but they had different kinds of jello and panna cotta. They would have panna cotta with a jello on top of it. And some of it I liked, some of it was okay. Um, 
I re- but I really love the Jello. I love Jello. I always yeah, have. I, like and I don't always think of it. You know what I mean? I have probably ten boxes of Jello at home I could make, but I never think to make it. And um, you know, going there and and then they had that there. I just like, yep, I'll have some Jello. This is awesome. Oh yeah, no, I did too. And it, you know, it's something so simple, but it was just tasty. And I mean, I don't think that was like the most calorie thing that we had but no definitely. um yeah no the bread pudding was probably up there there's so many carbs and but at least there's pizza. eggs in it though uh, yeah you can make yourself feel better by saying <laughs> at least a protein <laughs> sure it had protein yep yeah. uh yeah no there were a lot of carbs their french fries were really good salty but really good so but anyway they did give you very generous heapings of food so it was like you had to kind of stop them like no that's enough that's enough um yeah. because it was kind of a lot I like that change though. I a buffets, you know, it's everybody touching the same handles. Like I, yeah. I hope that that's something that stays around because I, I like that a little bit better. But yeah, I mean and that never bothered me either way. Um, you know, uh, I think the only challenge you can have right now is is you might have to wait a little bit longer to get something than you might have other had had to. Um, and right now it's not that bad because when you only have like five hundred people on a on a ship. And that's not a long wait, but when you have 4,000, you know what I mean? That could be a little bit, um, you know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did have, uh, which was the first time it's ever happened for me that this has been the case. We had an assigned table at the the dinner. So the dinner, they have two main dining rooms. They have the same menu. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty common with uh, the regular cruise lines. Um, not Disney. Disney's a little different. So that's why I said regular cruise lines. Um, but, it, you know, uh, Norwegian has this. Royal has this where they have um, dining rooms that have different names and different locations. But the menu is the same. So you have a main dining room that you go to. And this one here, we were so, so assigned a specific one and assigned a specific table. And interestingly enough, when I had done our check-in, I, I checked a box off, not realizing what it was, but it meant that we sat at a table with other people, which was actually pretty cool because we got to know two other couples. Well, one wasn't a couple. It's two yeah, ladies were friends. were friends. And then two gentlemen that were a couple. And they were very nice. And and you didn't have to eat there every night. You had the option. They did have a couple of specialty restaurants. You could eat at the buffet or you could eat in the main dining room. But you can only eat in your assigned main dining room. Like we never ate in the other one. So our assigned was called the Black Crab. And then they had the Villa Rosa, which was the other uh, main dining room. So, but you would always sit at that table. So it was nice to, you know, interact and kind of hear about their day and what are they doing. And being a small ship, you run into them anyway. So we saw, you know, both of them several times, you know, during the course of the cruise. This was a seven-night cruise, too, so we didn't mention mm-hmm. that. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was exceptionally clean. Um, our stateroom host was wonderful. I asked for um, a, a bucket of ice every night. He brought that in. And, honestly, the service aboard this ship was uh, exceptional, absolutely exceptional. Um I mean, we had one little challenge with food where the last night we got the surf and turf in April and I split it. She took the turf and I took the surf and they had way over seasoned the lobster tail to the point where I couldn't eat it. It was so salty. Um, 
And uh, so they, they took it away. They brought back another one. In fact, the, the head waiter came by and said to let me have, for me to let him know how it was. Cause if not, he was going to kill the cook. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have to kill him. That's okay. <laughs> um, and, yeah. And interestingly enough, and, and, with um, a lot of times when you're on cruises, you'll see a lot of, of the people who work there are from, you know, uh, the Philippines and um, Thailand and, you know, a lot of these other countries. We saw a lot of people from India on this one, which was the first I had seen that. So that was interesting. Um, it was one that the, the one guy who was with the excursion crew who was from Mauritius. Is that how you say that, April? Mauritius, mm-hmm. and he was funny as all get out. Oh, he was great. Uh, the uh, crew on board overall were awesome. Everyone we interacted with, super friendly, just super happy to be there, it seemed. I mean, they were great, really great. And anything you wanted, like, they were more than happy to help with whatever you needed. Um, so that that was really nice to see. We did go on excursions um, for all four ports. So our ports were, um, what's the first one? We went to Roatan, Honduras. Yeah. And then Belize, then Costa Maya, Mexico, and then Cozumel, Mexico. Mm -hmm. So originally we only booked three excursions. Then we decided to book something for Costa Maya. Um, And then our excursion for Belize was canceled. And so we had to change to something else, but we still had a good time. Um, And when we originally booked the cruise, we were supposed to go to Grand Cayman instead of Costa Maya. But I think because of COVID restrictions and such, it changed. So that can happen when you book a cruise. Itineraries can change and they do have the right to change itineraries as needed. So uh, but it worked fine. I mean, we had a nice time in Costa Maya and we had a um, fun excursion there. Um, I was super impressed with how they were handling the getting off the ship, though. So basically everybody who was going on an excursion got a, a, a sticker with a circle with a number on it and they would call your number. So there was never any bunching up at the area where you get on and off the ship. Um, we did have to tender for Honduras. Police. Okay. Um, I couldn't remember. Um, and so it was done very well. And apparently they are in the process of there, there's several companies that are getting together to build a dock for Belize. So that is something that will be coming out in the next several years. Um, but I mean, it was, it was never a situation where you were waiting in this huge thing for an elevator and that stuff. No. It was just so well organized. I was super impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I could see that system working very well with um a lot more people on board and they had these little things they call them lollipops it was this little hate uh uh sign that literally looked like a lollipop it had a little bit of a handle and then it had a big round circle and it had your number on it so even when you get on shore when you you know organizing into whatever transport you would have they had those lollipops up so it was easy to tell where you were supposed to go um it was super organized i really liked it um and, and so I was super impressed with that. And all of the tour guys were fabulous that mm-hmm. we had. Um, so April, I know you were super excited about the different ports. Uh, I'll let you chat a little bit about Honduras. 
All right. So Roatan is the island off the mainland of Honduras. And it was really cool. I, of course, have never been there, but um, I found it. I went to Costa Rica last year and I found it really similar, you know, kind of an appearance and an environment like Costa Rica. So that was cool. And so in Honduras, the we did a glass bottom boat, although that was a little bit of a misnomer because it was not a glass bottom boat. It was kind of a glass side boat. Uh, because you went to the bottom of the boat and the bottom half of the boat was submerged below the water and it had windows on the side of the boat so you could see out. So it wasn't the bottom of the boat that was actually glass. Um, I kind of pictured it like we've done that previously where you have the bottom is like a window and everybody kind of stands over looking down. But so you're sitting on benches looking out the windows. So that was cool, but it actually made me motion sick. So... I did very well with this cruise. I mean, I've talked many times about how motion sick I got. And I was using the patches. Uh, I did have Dramamine with me as a backup. And even though the sea was pretty rough the whole time, I mean, we felt the cruise the whole week. Um, I did not really feel sick on board. But in this boat, I think it was because it's a small boat. There was probably about 15 of us, I think, that were down the bottom. It was closed in. It did have air conditioning and they had a fan blowing, but it felt very claustrophobic. And I think the movement of like the boat traveling as you're kind of washing things fly by the windows made me sick. So I couldn't stay down there long. And Lynn finally said, "Um, can she go up top? Because I was getting a bag ready for preparations if (laughs) things were going to go wrong very quickly. And that would have made me go wrong. So I I need to get her out of there. So, yeah. So I was appreciative of that because it didn't seem like we were quite ready to return and um, it, it probably wouldn't have gone well anyway on the return trip. So getting up top and getting into fresh air and even it was really sweet because the captain of the boat came over. He checked on me. He's like, take your mask off. He gave me like this little hard candy to chew on um, to help to settle my stomach. So that was really, really sweet. And and I felt much better being outside the boat. So it was cool to see it. Um, we saw a few fish. I mean, while I was down there, we didn't see a whole lot. But they have um, one of the larger reef systems there. Um, so there was opportunity to see things. I just don't think we did. Lynn said she did end up seeing a stingray. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but otherwise, we really didn't see a whole heck of a lot. So it was just kind of an incidental thing. It's wild. So what happens, happens. Well, they and did that- feed them. They gave The <clears throat> captain gave the fish his leftovers from his breakfast oh so that helped so that brought a bunch of the fish up yeah yep yep and then i'm trying to remember the name of the town we went to then we went to this little um seaside town and i'm looking to see if i have the name of it um i didn't remember it having a different name so uh i i don't remember the name of the area and it's not jumping out at me in notes. Anyway, so it's a little area, kind of a, a seaside busy area. And, you know, it's, of course, very rustic. But, you know, they have little shops set up and some restaurants and bars. So we got dropped off there and they gave us some lemonade. And we had an hour or so to kind of walk around. And it was a small area. I mean, probably like a half mile maybe I don't know it was it was a very small area that you kind of combined to so we went into a couple of the shops and we went into a market and got um, some drinks and and whatnot so um, 
but it was it was nice it was fun to walk around and you know you had locals of course coming up trying to sell you different things as they do and um and then honduras they can speak english although they said that you know spanish is the native language and they aren't teaching english but people can choose to learn english if they want to so but we didn't i mean we had some interactions with some people and you know for our i call it sesame street spanish because we know kind of the basics of spanish um and there a little bit of english we were able to communicate okay and it was it was fine so um interesting thing the currency in honduras is called a limpura and 24 limpuras equal one dollar so oh, wow. kind of figure out the exchange. And so that's one thing that I like to do is I try to get some of the, you know, native currency and brought home a few dollar bills, uh, a few of their bills to um, to see, because I think it's really interesting. But yeah, so everything there is in, of course, in Lumpuras, and then they just can convert it to the U.S. So it was pretty, pretty inexpensive. Um but no, we walked around there for about an hour and then we went back to the ship. So it was overall, it was considered like a four hour tour. And then when we got back to the port, there's always vendors and bars and restaurants and stuff around the port. So we walked around there a little bit. We found a few more souvenirs and then we were able to walk right on the ship because the ship was docked there. So that was fun with Honduras. So it was really cool to see. And um, the mainland of Honduras was a decent amount of way you could see like the mountains of Honduras in the background kind of it was a fairly clear day so you could see them but it wasn't that close that you could see much of the land and they the way they described it it almost sounds like it's a different country the mm-hmm. the culture is so different and the people are so different um one of the things they were telling us is in, in April and I tend to ask a lot of questions about you know how things work in different countries on Roatan, they don't have a prison. They have a jail. Uh, but it is not something you ever want to get to. If you were to um, be put there, you are not fed. Your family mm-hmm. is responsible for bringing you your meals. So hopefully you haven't pissed your family off. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you have, you're going hungry. You do not get a bed to sleep in. Your family would have to bring you something. If you want to sleep on something other than the cold floor. Um, There is no privileges whatsoever. None. You're basically in your cell and that's it. You know? Yeah. You know, so they said their crime is extremely low because of it. Because people don't want to go there. You know, so that was an, an interesting thing. And then um, uh, I forget. Oh, the other thing is, is that the families um, all kind of live together. So basically, people don't really have to buy land out there. The land is passed down family to family to family to family. And what ends up happening is, is you know, you're the parents have the kids the kids then build a house on the same land as the family and sometimes the the houses take years to build you know they build what they can afford to build 
And then they let it sit for a while to like bring up more money and then they build some more and do that. Um, but they all tend to live on the same little, almost like a commune type thing. Um, and it was very interesting to, to see that. Um, so yeah, we learned a lot about the locals and, and our guide was Jennifer Mm -hmm. and she was amazing. We really liked learning from her. Yeah. Very Um, sweet lady. So it was interesting. Uh, This is the excursion, like this tour that you did was an added fee. How much does that usually cost if you want to do something like that? And could you choose, were there other things to choose from? Yes. They were lots of Okay. I, yeah, I want to say, means, uh, you know, like, what? I think it was like $65, but I'm not positive. Uh, $63. So I just pulled up, I have the excursion guide that I forgot I had. So that was the West End Village that we visited. Okay. Um, and that was, and that, that um, excursion was only available for fully vaccinated guests too. So they do have excursions that could be for everyone and those for fully vaxxed guests. So again, that segregation was present. Um, so that was $63 for adults and $46 for kids. So not unreasonable. And that, you know, that included the ride to go from the port to the boat, which was probably might've been 45 minutes or so Yeah. Um, to get there. And then the boat ride and then to the village, the area there, and then back again. One thing um, just to note, anytime you're doing any extra excursions, bring money for tips. Because, you know, you tip the driver, you tip the guide, you're tipping, you know, whoever kind of you come in contact with a little bit. So be prepared with cash for tips. And please don't stiff them. Yes, they really depend on this. You know, they're they're hurting to these, you know, reduced ship capacities, too, that this is their livelihood. They don't get. Um, and that was another thing that we talked about, too, is there's no government supplements. They didn't get stimulus payments. Like there, there's no welfare or any of that in these countries. Like they have what they have. They grow their food. If they don't grow it and they can't buy it, they're not eating. Um, so they absolutely depend on tips. So bring extra cash with you. Um, we definitely, we, we, you know, made sure to tip everyone, but you know, next time we'll have to bring more money too. Cause we didn't anticipate a few of the tips yeah. that we'd run into. Yeah. So um, so we're going to do a quick moment before we talk about Belize and talk about our sponsor, which is, of course, Coasts and Castles Travel. Um, as we mentioned each week, April and I are the owners of the agency, and Whitney is our, one of our senior vacation specialists. Uh, we do specialize in theme parks, ocean and river cruises, um, all-inclusive resorts. Uh, we're working on getting into Europe this year, and then later in the year, we'll be starting destination weddings and luxury travel. Um, if you are interested in becoming a vacation specialist with us, just go to our website at travelcnc.com. Uh, click on the little, uh, I think it's about us on the left. There's one of the, the drop-down menus, and then there's a join us option. Uh, click on that, read the information there, click on the get more information, It'll have you give your name and your email address, and then that will send you to our site where we'll send you a video that April and I put together that talks more about the role, and then um, we will actually send you a link to the application. If you are looking to work with one of our supplier, one of our suppliers, silly me, one of our vacation specialists, just go to our website and you'll see a 
great big huge red button that says get started planning now click on that and then you can choose your agent or if you're not sure choose the let me choose for you and we'll be sure to to um, match you up with the agent that would best fit your needs um so and if you do need to reach out to us you can do so by email at info at travelcnc.com or on our toll, toll free number at 844 no that's all right is that right 844-422-8785 we don't know where we are yeah it's been a little bit so you know if you don't say it you lose it a little bit right um but we'd love to to work with you and help you build an amazing vacation okay so back to our next destination which was belize and what do we have for that one april where do we, where do we go this was our tender taste. So this was her first time We're, tendering. Yes. And and so, and the boat was really several miles away from the shore. I was surprised that it was a distance. I mean, the tender ride was probably a good 10 minutes plus. I think it was at least um, a half an hour. Oh, you think it was that long? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a distance away. There were several ships there. So it was cool as we were going through the different ports to see the different ships around. And on that day, I think there were like four other ships um that were and all set way back so i i guess there's a reason for it to be so far away from the shore but it was so that kind of took in you know bit into the day a little bit of the time that we had on shore and that was the day that we originally we had scheduled an airboat ride but it was canceled due to you know lack of signups so um that was supposed to be an airboat safari so we changed it that we were then going to go to the belize zoo and howler monkey howler monkey sanctuary so that that was 99.99 only for fully vaccinated guests and that did include a lunch um and so that was cool so the zoo was set up basically as um kind of a rescue and rehabilitation area because i guess at one point national geographic had done a documentary on the island um with different animals jaguars and whatnot and when they left, they really didn't do anything with those animals. So one of the women that were involved uh, basically began the zoo and were taking in animals to rehabilitate. So the animals, you know, all had issues. They may have been hurt or whatever. And so she brought them in and that started the Belize Zoo. So it is a very rustic zoo. You know, they were all in environments. But the nice thing is, you know, they were more like natural habitat environments you know it was in the middle of the jungle so that was really cool and you know they had several of the large cats they had jaguars and pumas and they had ocelots and i don't remember the one um that smaller cat that we saw i'll have to google as i'm trying to talk but anyway um you know they had several um birds and um crocodiles they had a tapir that you did have to watch out because if you got in the wrong <laughs> position, he would he would pee on you. Um, oh, he liked oh the spray. God, he at you. So, he liked the spray, and he did. He did spray. He, he did. The, the guide almost got it. Um, <laughs> terrible. He had warned uh, us, so I was like, I'm staying way away from this guy. Yeah, yeah. And we, I was like really far away, and and sure enough, he did. He just got like, um, all of a sudden. He's like, oh, there he goes, and he just barely missed some people. So, uh huh. Yeah, so that was nice. We walked around there for, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half. I don't know what it was. It was like almost an hour ride to get to the zoo from where the port was. And then from there, we went to um, 
a place called an iguana stop. That was just the name of it. So it was kind of like a little roadside restaurant. And of course they had a little gift shop area where um, they served a traditional meal. Um, Unfortunately, I am very picky, so I didn't eat a lot. I had some salad. Um, It was like rice and beans and um, a chicken. I'm not sure what the seasoning was on the chicken. And then uh, did have a salad and, um, oh, fried plantains, too. Oh, yum. I love those. So, um, so we I was afraid there. to eat them because I'm allergic to bananas. Oh, yeah. So I would have loved to have tried them. I literally had the rice and beans. Yeah. I, I did try it and it was okay. Um, I had some salad because I'm picky and I eat like a 10-year-old. Uh, but it was a really pretty area set like right on the river. And it was really, really pretty to sit out there. Um, and the tabletops were all like, they took like this huge tree and cut it and made it into slices. Cause it was kind of like a raw, uh, cross section of a tree where like the tabletops. So that was pretty cool. And then we shopped in the little gift shop, of course. And then, um, then we moved on to the howler monkey sanctuary, um, which I, I don't remember the whole story of it, but it's a fairly extensive area. That's a protected area for the animals. And so we went for a little hike in the jungle and um, I got like attacked by mosquitoes. So there are mosquitoes in the jungle. Um, Not much of a surprise, but we did see a holler monkey family. So we heard the mail loud and clear. And then when we got closer, there was dad, mom, and the baby. Like, oh, it was so cute. Oh, my goodness. He was so cute. So our guide went and he broke off um, some particular tree branches that are their favorite leaves and um, was holding out the, the branches so that they would come and pick the leaves and eat it. And I mean, you literally could have reached out and touched the baby. He was so close. Um, so. So we we stayed with them, hanging with them for probably about a half an hour or so. Dad was not very happy. Uh, he Until was he yelling. got fed. Once yes. he got fed, he was fine. He he did get better once he got some leaves too. Yes, but he was not thrilled. I mean, of course, you've got a group of people coming up, and I mean, they're wild animals. They don't know that we're friendly or not. So, you know, and Dad's going to be protective of mom and baby. So, uh, you know, he didn't do anything other than yell and make a lot of noise. So, so that was cool. And then we went back to the sanctuary and got in the bus and headed back and. By the time we got back to the port, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon and the last tender was leaving at 4.30. So we just got right on the boat and headed out because we didn't want to risk, um, you know, missing the tender. Because then once you do that, then you're you're up the creek without a paddle, basically. Um, so it would have been I would have really liked to have walked around the port area because there were, again, a lot of shops and whatnot there. But we just didn't have time for it. Although you did stop and get a couple little things. In the outside area, there were a couple of little. There was that one stop. Oh no, am I thinking? No, I, I yeah, I okay. didn't buy anything there. No, other than I exchanged for some currency with our our guide because um, I wanted some Belize dollars. So two Belize dollars equal one U.S. dollar. Um. So and in Belize, they're all English speaking because they were originally settled by the English. So um, English is a very dominant language, and so. You know, they, they speak in and understand it very, very well. But yeah, no, there we didn't get to, we didn't, we just kind of buzzed by the shops and we didn't peruse any of the, the wares at all. But yep, I mean, honestly, the whole place was just, 
it was really nice and and our guy was really friendly um and even there was a separate guide for the the actual monkeys area mm-hmm. um who was part of that sanctuary area and it almost seemed like the monkey knew him a little bit because mm. um, they seemed to have some familiarity with with the people so it was pretty cool so yeah we um we really did you know enjoy you know being here um in in belize and like i said everyone was super nice and you know it was really kind of interesting seeing the culture and and uh, these people are so happy to have people back absolutely they really are i mean honestly people don't realize how much they depend on tourism they have no idea how much they depend on tourism right so it's something i think that we all need to understand a little bit better too mm-hmm. um so that if you go to a place like that you want to make sure that you're you know supporting as best you can and the, and the best way to support them is to take advantage of these tours and things like that so um okay so then we went to to costa maya and originally we weren't going to do anything but we decided to book a an excursion on that one there and i forget what we booked for <laughs> my brain is like fried um so that one so one of the big attractions in costa maya is seeing um oh, ruins. ruins that's right too um so we did go to the chachkoben I think I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I apologize. Chachkoben. Um, Mayan ruins. And they had a couple of options. So they had a tour where it was open for everybody um, and would have more guests. And then they had some that were, um, they considered exclusive, which meant that you were in a smaller vehicle, smaller group of people. Um, and then they also provided beverages. So soda and water. Um, although they did have some beers too. I saw people drinking beers. They did. You could do the exclusive, um, which was fully vaxxed, or you could do an exclusive that was open to all. So we did the exclusive fully vaxxed tour and that was $116 each. Um, and so that was a smaller van and there were probably maybe 10 of us. I'm thinking on the van, um, eight to 10, there weren't that many people. And again, they had a cooler where, you know, you could get a beverage, which was nice. Um, and we went to see the ruins. So there was like a main Mayan pyramid, which is, it really is amazing when you look at these and you think of like how these societies built these things when, you know, without modern technology. Um, so, and they talked about kind of the Mayan history and what the kind of the development, the settlement was like. And then you walk down another area and you could see like uh, where they would have different ritual areas, how it was cleared. And you could see the ancient, they had ancient roadways um, that were all rock formations. And then they had two other temples. One was a temple for the sun and one was a temple for the moon. Um, And pretty, again, pretty extensive for considering, you know, this is 500 plus years old. And um, I think it might be more than that. I don't know. Um, And, you know, these buildings are still standing. And, you know, some of it, a lot of it has been that they've had to kind of find these because, of course, over time, the jungle takes over. And so a lot of it has been um, refurbished. uh, There's a word. Uh, And you could see you could see there were still some rustic areas where you could see rock formations underneath like the trees and, you know, the jungle plants and that that have kind of grown around them and 
the time it must take to dig these out because they've got literally trees coming off them now and you know those are going to have root systems they're going to be integrated with the rocks and everything so you can see there's still more uh lots more for them to be able to clear away that you know i can't imagine the time it's taken for them to um unearth these pyramids that they have but that was really really cool to see and something you know when we went to mexico last year we didn't get to see any so it, it was really neat and again just amazing of uh how these things existed and they were talking a little bit about like like how these were actually done because there was no excavators or or power equipment available mm -hmm. to do this was all done you know basically they used slaves to do it to yeah be honest with you so it was um, uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, walking around and, uh, you know, of course there, they did have like a, a market area where you could go and shop if you wanted. And I found those prices were definitely higher, but. We learned uh, how to haggle. We did. <laughs> I, I, I was, yes, you know, trying to, because, you know, they would, of course they see you and they tell you, you know, at least double the price of what they would traditionally ask for. And, uh, and, and that's kind of the big thing. And, and one big thing with Mexico is we found that the exchange, exchange rate is kind of liberal, like roughly pesos to dollars is like 19 pesos to a dollar, 20 pesos to a dollar, depending on what source you look at. And but some shops kind of make up their own exchange rate. So be mindful of that. And you can kind of decide if that's what you want to pay. Um, you know, the smaller shops are going to make up more when they, if they do a charge, like if you pay with a credit card, not everybody accepts it. It will be charged in pesos, but it'll show up on your statement as dollars. So for them, it shows as pesos. Yeah. Um, so a little interesting in a lot of places, of course, they want cash because cash is king. Um, but yeah, really interesting, but you do have to haggle because not a lot is set. If you go to some stores, and like by the port, the store, I think those prices are fairly set as they are. You know, they're actually priced and, you know, advertised how much they are. Um, but in these small little markets and stuff, they, they can tell you whatever they want to tell you. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I got at one of the shops in the port, I got for about $5 US, which is what I was willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. When I went to one of the other areas first, they wanted $30. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I was I'm like, nope. I'm not going to get it. And then she finally agreed to give it for $5, but she wouldn't take credit card. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, forget it. You're not getting it then. I don't have any cash. So I don't tend to travel with cash. I'm trying to have cash, period. But um, just one of those, those weird things. So, you know, I would say know what you want to pay for something. Kind of have an idea of what you think it would be worth and stick with it because they will try to see how far they can go with it. Absolutely. I mean, you don't blame them. And again, this is their livelihood. And so if they can get more money, they're going to try to get more money. And, you know, I, I don't blame them for that. You know, it's, that's commerce. Um, but yeah, I like the one place the, at, when we we're at the ruins, the shop wanted $60 for a blanket. Um, we found similar blankets. Um, we actually ended up getting one in Cozumel that were $11. And then she so, found one after we bought it for $6. That for $6. So I could have even gotten it cheaper. I'm like, $11, I was happy with that because I know last time when we went, I bought, I got like two blankets for 20 bucks last time. Um, and, you know, I was fine with that price, but it's like, oh, I could have gotten it for $6. But you just never know. Um, 
And so we did walk around the port at Costa Maya again. And one interesting thing when you're in Mexico is you have the pharmacias everywhere. They're, they're pharmacy drugstores. And they don't have prescriptions for things. So if you want, you know, you, if you want prescription medications, yeah. you might yeah, be able to get it. Crazy. I know we had uh, one girl that was in, um, oh, that was Honduras. Honduras was the same thing. There was a girl that was on in our ride and she needed to stop at the pharmacy. So they made a stop and, you know, she was able to buy some antibiotics. You just buy them over the counter. So you can just get whatever you want. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of an interesting thing with Mexico is you can, uh, you, you know, if you need something, you have easy access to get it generally. And they were everywhere, like at the ports in Cozumel and Costa Maya, there were pharmacies there. So. Yep. Um, okay. So then in Cozumel, which was one I was super looking forward to because I loved snorkel. And this was different than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was kind of a, a snorkel on your own type thing. It wasn't. It was a guided snorkel thing. And honestly, that worked out great because April was able to do it. Yes, I did do it. So I actually got in the water and I did snorkel. And I, unfortunately, I'm so happy that the water wasn't rough that day. Because if the water was rough, then that wouldn't have worked with me. Um because I'd just be like choking on water going down the snorkel every five minutes. But she did great. Uh, yeah, it was fine. I didn't have any problems. I, you know, I just, I stress like you get in the water and I've just got to like focus on trying to control my breathing. So I'm not like hyperventilating and I had a good mask. So I wasn't getting water in my mask, you know, because the water will just burn my eyes. And then if I get water in the snorkel, then I'm choking and I'm really wimpy when it comes to water. Like uh, just... I don't do well with it, but well, I mean, if you're not as strong of a swimmer, I can understand that. Yes. And I'm not so, but, but it was okay. They gave you fins and they, you could bring your own snorkel and mask if you want. So that's something to think of when you go on excursions. If you would prefer to use your own, you're probably welcome to bring your own. You were at this, we were at the Chacanab nature park in Cozumel, um, which was a really cute area. And, um, but this one, they had those, they gave you a life vest and they gave you fins to use. So and so, like, for me, I didn't need to blow up the light vest because I'm a good swimmer. Um, and But April was able to do that. So that made that a lot easier for her and made mm -hmm. her feel a lot more secure. Yes. So it really was, it, it was great for all different kinds of people because you really could just kind of see what you needed. Mm-hmm. So. And then, and then they, for those who liked it, the guide made... Um, guacamole oh yeah um, i know you oh, would probably love it homemade fresh you know oh, yes. that was his you know mom or grandmother's recipe oh, type yeah, thing or whatever it had right there tequila in it it had oh, peppers yeah. in it oh yeah yum yeah. and the people yum. that did eat it because neither april or i like uh avocado so we didn't try it and uh, i wouldn't be able to have it anyway with the hot peppers <laughs> um so, but the people that did have it raved about it. Yes. Um, so they we were very that, happy. And then they had a tequila tasting, which we didn't do that either. No. Um, I thought I about it. doing it, but I didn't end up doing it. And we also saw our little sea lion show, which was funny. Um, yeah, it was and really I, cute. I thought it was interesting, too, because they were very cognizant. They had pretty much everything they said in Spanish and then in English. Um, 
so it was really interesting that they were that cognizant of their audience. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and it was great. It was a cute little show. The overall excursion was about four hours and that was $56 to do that. And that was where that included the rentals, included, you know, the entrance into the park. Um, and we had about an hour where you could just kind of freely walk around. They did have a dolphin area where you could go and meet dolphins. I'm sure that was an additional cost. It was right on the beach. You probably could have gone in the water. And um, and they did have a little restaurant there. And they had some little, you know, um, shops, carts set up where you could buy things, of course. And they had um, replica ruins there. So they didn't have, I guess, authentic. It was just replicas of kind of Mayan ruins and a Mayan settlement. And so it was kind of neat because they did have a couple of houses that had like the thatched roofs, not actual because um, the higher uh, the higher class families would live in like the pyramids, lower class families lived in, you know, kind of huts with thatch roofs. So, you know, you, you did have that um, class differentiation in there. And so they did show that as well. So that was kind of interesting to see um, some of that. Um, so that was our excursions. I think we do want to talk a little bit before we finish up about the entertainment. Um, and, and I don't know, how much of the entertainment was the way it was because of COVID? Because um, the entertainment was not robust, I guess is the best way of saying it. Um, they did have an entertainment. They had a, a singer from um, Vegas who came in uh, a couple of nights. And then they did have um, a couple of other people that I didn't go see. And then they did have a, a group come in a performance group come in who did they were kind of a tribute band to queen um and they came in but um it it was not like broadway shows or any of that stuff so it definitely was not as robust as some other cruise lines i've been on um and uh you know but i i think it still was you know you could get the entertainment that you wanted or mm -hmm. you could you could be entertained i should say um, so do you want to expound on that, April? Yeah, I mean, the shows were very good. I did see more than Lynn saw. Um, so, I mean, the singing was excellent. It just, you know, they were kind of mixed songs. Like one night they had was Italian night. And so they had their production team, um, onboard production team perform that. And it was different Italian songs. And I'm not going to sing them because we're not going to even go there. But, you know, <laughs> it was kind of like some of the, the well-known songs. Like when you think of like Italian you know, uh, you know, that's Time a moray and, you know, all those kind of songs. Um, and so, you know, it was cute. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Like it wasn't. So it was um, some more older songs and kind of mixed generation songs. I'll say that. And, you know, I think that kind of goes for a lot on board because you definitely had mixed generations on board, you know, and there were families with little, little ones. I didn't see families with like teens or preteens. And I think that made, I don't know if that's, you know, just that doesn't attract to the cruise line or if that was just the times that we're in right now. I don't know. Um, you know, it could be because of vaccination rules, who knows, but I didn't see it. And you did have guests that, you know, that were, you know, thirties, forties, fifties on up to older guests. So definitely mixed and diverse. And I think one thing that was really unique about this ship, is it was not predominantly U.S. guests. Like, they, we were just a percentage of the mix. There were guests from literally all over the world. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like, the first night, 
that they did a show in the theater, um, the cruise director came out and he's like, oh, who's from here and who's from here and who's from here? I mean, it was amazing the diversity of people that were literally there from all over the world. And it was really kind of split. Like there weren't that many U.S. guests, you know, not definitely not predominantly. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I think that's kind of probably what caters to the entertainment too. Um, you know, they weren't Broadway shows. They weren't like all the bells and whistles and special effects. I mean, the theater was beautiful. They did, you know, use special lighting and that type of thing. And they had a pretty stage set up, but it wasn't all the effects that, you know, maybe we might see with other cruise lines. And, you know, I don't know if that's like a U.S. thing. You know, maybe that's something we kind of expect for cruises, whereas people from other countries, they expect to go and just, you know, kind of see a concert of sorts where they have people dancing and singing. And um, so it, it the performances were excellent. They weren't just ne not necessarily my cup of tea. So like I didn't like on the Italian night, I ended up leaving a little bit early just because it wasn't what I preferred to listen to or, um, you know, in some of the other performances, it just wasn't, wasn't my taste, but it wasn't because it wasn't good. It was just my preference. Yeah. Um, and I felt like the, the, the seating area was not all that comfortable. Yeah, it was okay. That was challenging for me because yeah. there wasn't a lot of room between your seat and the seat in front of you. And mm -hmm. the actual seat itself, even though it was like velvet and, and, and padded and all that other stuff. It just was, it felt very cramped. So and that was a challenge to not feel like you had enough room uh, for me with my legs and all that other stuff. So I didn't necessarily want to spend a lot of time in there if, if I didn't feel like I was going to really love the performance because I knew I wasn't going to be comfortable. So that was, I think, the, probably the one challenge. And the gentleman who did the excursions did tell us that this is actually one of their older ships, which we didn't know. Mm. So I don't know if the Mervia or the Seaside, which is the newer ones, has a, uh, it's a little bit more roomy. Especially where those ones are more geared for the U.S. market. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, did, I didn't guess that it was an older ship because it, it's so well kept. And, and it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. Um, but like he said, you know, they noticed that certainly the crew, they're, they're more down in the, in the dirt of it, that they notice kind of the creaks and squeaks and that type of thing. But I mean, we didn't notice it yet no. at all. No, you know, and the, um, they did do an introduction of the, the crew or at least the dining crew. Um, the captain didn't come out or anything like that. Um, yeah. and one of the guys that was with the, our table said that they usually do do that. So that might be a COVID thing. So we're not, just not sure. Um, they may not be putting them out there because, you know, they're trying to That's keep them segregated. Um, but you know, the crew was all super friendly. Um, you know, I just, I just really loved them. <laughs> they were really cool. Um, so yeah, it was just. You know, it was, it was really cool to be on a different ship, a uh, different cruise line. Um, and I would absolutely definitely sail them again. Yep, me too. I, I was very happy with it. I'd love to see another one of their ships. Um, it was great. I mean, we really had a great time. They had great activities during the day. They had little, of course, there was a casino on board. We did partake in that a little bit. Um, April won money, of course. I did. I did win some. 
uh, I spent some, but I did win some. And, you know, they had their shops on board. So they always had like some special going on in the shops. So we kind of made our rounds for that. Um, we, we did win a scavenger hunt. <laughs> we, we, we played in the scavenger hunt. We did win that. Um, so that was fun. We got a, like a little a necklace and, uh, oh, you don't remember where I put that. Uh, funny fact. <laughs> um, oh, I have packed it now. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that. It's still in my suitcase. Yeah. Um, and so, or they had like different specials going on in the shops. They had um, trivia every day. They did dance classes every day. So I thought that was kind of unique that, you know, if you wanted to learn how to do cha-cha or mambo or any of them every day, they had like a different dance class up on deck. Um, they did like name that tune. They had karaoke. Uh, there was always um, a musician playing somewhere. I think there were probably like maybe four at least four different areas where they had a piano so there was always someone playing the piano or playing the flute or or uh the violin or singing or um it just something always going on so they every day the night before they would give you an agenda for the next day so you knew what was going on and it was pretty full they did have a couple of the first nights where they did have a movie playing in the theater so we went and watched wonder woman for a little while um in the theater and um, up on the pool deck, they did have a screen. And so they, a couple of times they had like um, Cirque du Soleil videos playing, or I know at one point I went up and they had a Tina Turner concert playing um, on the pool screen. And they had three different pool areas. One pool was adults only. Uh, and they had tons of hot tubs. So there were several hot tubs and like, they have one area that's a solarium area. So it has a retractable roof and that hot tub was like almost scalding hot. It was so that, awesome. That was, that was awesome. Loved um, it. Oh my word. Yes. It was that fabulous. Was, that was really hot. So it was nice where, you know, the previous cruises have been kind of like lukewarm tubs. Yes, uh, that's these the were genuinely hot tubs and, and they were abundant. They were just, everywhere. well, those ones were the ones in yeah. the regular pool area were more of a warm tub. Yeah. Versus, but I mean, it was still yeah. very comfortable. Um, and they do have a basketball court on board. They did have kids clubs. So they have for the littles and they had teens. Um, they had an arcade. They had um, F1 virtual reality racing. Uh, we didn't try that. I just um, got some pictures and video. Oh, yeah. I of the area. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do it either. But um, so, you know, there was a lot to do at no point. Like literally we did bring like some cards to play. Cause we thought, Oh, maybe we'll have some downtime. We might get bored. Yeah, not like, not like me. We didn't have any downtime. I mean, you know, there was time where we stayed in the room and we were working on the computer, of course, but it, there was always something to do and it wasn't too tough to find something you wanted to do on board. And so I really liked that, um, that, you know, you could easily do something or nothing. It was completely your choice. Um, so I absolutely would go on MSC again. And I think it was interesting with the other cultures that were on board as well, um, because you did get exposed sorry, to like hearing the other languages and stuff like that. And, you know, picking up a couple words here and there, I'd hear something French. I'm like, oh, okay, I understand a little bit of that. Um, a lot I couldn't understand. I mean, there were people from Romania, from Russia, from all over the Sweden, world, literally, you know. It's amazing. You name it. France, That's Spain, cool. Italy, of course. Yeah. Uh, one of the things on our uh, scavenger hunt was to have somebody speak Italian. So 
and there was a whole bunch of things. So that like I think half of our list we were able to knock out right in the very first thing. We went to the the shop, the the logo shop, um, and they had these little uh, it's like basically like a, a stress ball, but they were they were a ship. But they also had like um, a Lego ship type thing, and they had another model ship. So there's lots of one things. So it said ship on a ship. And we immediately went there for that. And they had a captain's hat there. So we did that. So I asked the employees, I'm like, do either one of you speak Italian by chance? And one of them goes, yes, I do. So we had to video her speaking Italian. Um, and we literally knocked out like half of our stuff right in that store. Yeah. Um, and so we won. And we did it like, I think we did it like six minutes. Or maybe, no, we had six no, minutes left. Quite, yeah, it, it, yeah, we d- weren't that quick because we did have to run around the ship a little bit. But And then it, we went down. And then if you see the ads on TV for the staircases, the Swarovski oh, crystal stair glasses, staircases, gorgeous, gorgeous, are gorgeous amazing. Gorgeous. I honestly, every time I went down them, I was like, I really wish I was wearing my wedding gown and something really I, pretty. I know. Like you really, you felt like royalty walking down these steps because they are just gorgeous. Did they, like, have, they like, have lights in them? There where you get really dressed up? They did. Yes. Yeah, so the first night, Monday night, which was a day at sea, we had two days at sea, Monday, and so the cruise was Sunday to Sunday, Monday and Saturday were days at sea, and then the port days were in between. Um, That first night, Monday night was an elegant night. Now, one thing that I don't know if I missed it, or they just didn't say, is they didn't tell you about like special dress up nights. So I kind of assumed there'd be a more formal night. So I brought like a little dressier dress. I didn't bring a gown because I didn't need it. But you know, a little something, a little dressier, but they had a white night, a white party that was not told ahead of time. They had a seventies party. I didn't say anything about that being told ahead of time. Um, so, oh yeah, they had a DJ and parties most every night up on the pool deck on deck 14. Oh, yeah. And that was um, right above us. So we heard it. Yeah. All so, the time. so there's a lesson. We were on deck 13 and interestingly enough, they had a deck 13. Um, yeah, I was going to say, don't. <laughs> Isn't that like uh, a well? I think that's an American thing. thing to not. Okay, um, but yeah, Other we were on deck thirteen, not, not superstitious like we yes. are. Maybe. Um, and we were just below the pool deck, so we definitely could hear the DJ beat. Okay. Uh, fortunately, it didn't necessarily go all night, but it, some nights were later than others. Uh, but yeah, so I would have liked to have known that there were going to be these special dress-up nights. And I, again, I don't know if I just missed it, but I didn't see it in the materials that we had received that, you know, bring this for attire type thing. Yeah. But I mean, otherwise, it was you had some people that really dressed to the nines every night. Like they would wear cocktail dresses. We saw gowns and, you know, really dressy, dressy. And then, you know, you could wear jeans and still be comfortable. You know, most of the time going into the main dining room was kind of like dressy casual. Yeah. You know. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So what are the questions you have for us, Whitney? I don't know. I feel like you guys covered all the things you did. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, was a lot. really good time. It really yeah. was. The weather was nice. The weather was crappy in Miami as we were leaving. Mm-hmm. It was overcast and rainy and cold. And then we get to... Honduras, sorry. And it was in the 80s. It was like, okay, this is really nice. Um, the one thing I did find is that the ship was very dry. Um, so every morning we woke up, we were like, our mouths were like paste. And, you know, so that was that was different. I've not experienced that on a ship before. Mm. So whatever it was with their air conditioning system, it really does um, pull the, the moisture out of the air. Um, 
And honestly, I did not see any inside staterooms on that ship. No, we didn't get to do any room tours. So we had a balcony room. Uh, we were in the Bella class, which is kind of the entry-level balcony class. Yeah, so they have different levels of experience that you do. So you kind of pick your type of stateroom, and then you choose your experience, which is a little different than other staterooms mm -hmm. or other cruise lines. Um, but I don't know if they have. I mean, on our floor, there definitely was not any inside staterooms. Um, we didn't go on a lot of the other floors where there were actually rooms, so I'm not sure if there were any or not, but I, I think they did because walking, you know, don't, going down the halls, there were some halls that had rooms on, you know, the other side and they had like the little inlets, you know, sometimes where you go on the inside hall and there's rooms there. So I think they definitely did have inside rooms. Okay. We just didn't get to see them. Um, yeah. I just hadn't seen any of those on the outside. Yeah. Area, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely one I would recommend for people. Yeah. And the room was very comfortable, you know, average. So a decent amount of storage. We had a lot of crap. So we always put those <laughs> theories to the test. But um, really, you guys have a lot of bring a lot of stuff. I know. Oh I know. Doesn't God. seem hard to believe. I, like I don't us uh, traveling with tons of luggage and everything. And else mind you, we left a car, a trunk full of it in the we car. Did. We did. So some of it we didn't get on this trip. Some of it was in our storage unit, and we were bringing it up north. But. <laughs> It was an interesting thing, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, we did have and a lot. And we're both happy to report that after this cruise, uh, we both did a COVID test when we got home, and we both were negative. Oh, yeah. good. So we came yeah, back just healthy. to be safe. I mean, we didn't have any concerns, but, you know, we just felt like, well, I before I came home home, like on my way home, I pulled into a parking lot because I, I keep rapid tests with me just because that's the thing right now. Um, Never know when you so, might randomly need one <laughs> well and that's it so i took a, a rapid test in the parking lot because i wanted to make sure i wasn't bringing anything home to my family and it was negative so it's yeah. fine and i did mine the next day um because it's just my husband and myself and he has a horrible cold which you know he already tested to make sure he wasn't um positive because here i am coming home and he he messaged me the last day we were on the ship he said he was very sick i'm like oh my gosh no, please don't tell me you have COVID. Mm -hmm. So his, his symptoms did not match. He had just had a horrible, horrible cold. And um, and so uh, he did a test and, and sure enough, he was negative. So um, so all good there. But yeah. So yeah. Um, well, sounds like you know, a good and, time. Yep. It was so great. I'm going to repeat, take your vitamins. <laughs> take your vitamins, vitamins. Take your vitamins. Because that's what we associate uh, staying healthy with you. So um so anywho i think that's about it for this week we talked a little bit over normal but that's okay and um you know if you are interested in something like this or any one of the other vacations we do plan for our our guests please feel free to reach out to us um we wish you all a great night and if you happen to be on apple Podcasts, we'd love to see some great ratings on there so have a great night bye And that wraps up another exciting episode of the Main Street to the World podcast, your gateway to the wonders of travel. We hope you've enjoyed this exploration of new destinations and unique experiences. If you're ready to embark on your own unforgettable journey, remember that Coasts and Castles Travel is here to make your dreams And that wraps up another exciting episode of the Main Street to the World podcast.
your gateway to the wonders of travel. We hope you've enjoyed this exploration of new destinations and unique experiences. If you're ready to embark on your own unforgettable journey, remember that Coasters and Castles Travel is here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the magic of theme parks, the luxury of exotic getaways, or the thrill of cruising, our expert team has you covered. Visit our website at www.travelcnc.com to discover a world of travel possibilities. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode filled with travel tips, destination highlights, and inspiring stories. Feel free to connect with us on social media. We're under Main Street to the World on both Facebook and Instagram. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the Main Street to the World podcast, your gateway to the wonders of travel. We hope you've enjoyed this exploration of new destinations and unique experiences. And this sucks. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the Main Street to the World podcast your gateway to the wonders of travel. We, we hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of new destinations and unique experiences. April, Whitney, and I certainly thank you for listening today. If you're ready to embark on your own unforgettable journey, remember that Coasts and Castles Travel is here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the magic of theme parks, the luxury of exotic getaways, or the thrill of cruising, our expert team has you covered. Visit our website at www.travelcnc.com to discover a world of travel possibilities. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode filled with travel tips, destination highlights, and inspiring stories. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Main Street to the World to share your thoughts, experiences, and suggestions for future episodes. Thank you for tuning in to Main Street to the World. Until next time, keep exploring, keep adventuring, and keep making memories all around this incredible planet of ours. Safe travels, all!